0: Welcome, everybody. My name is Alexander Grieb. I am the Customer Advisory Lead S4HANA Strategy at SAP. And you're listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. First, Happy New Year to all of you. And yes, 2020 was for sure a bummer. And not a year we will remember back fondly and Yes, for sure we are not yet through the COVID crisis, but let's listen to common sense, let's get vaccinated so we get rid of it in the next months. To kick off 2021, I have a very interesting guest. Steele Arbini, a CTO of the SAP partner Schneider Neureiter und Partner, or short SP. Steele has an incredible, interesting background in technology led business transformation. He was a director of software development. Has deployed large-scale infrastructure projects for the united nations has led the transformation effort to split hewlett-packard into two separate companies and also has patents for work in digital speech processing and securities trading also already in 2002 he received the international who is who award in information technology and since s and is the forerunner in selective data transitioning approaches that enables customers to do the move to S4HANA by combining the best of both worlds of a brownfield and a greenfield approach via adding a new color to the world of transition with a bluefield approach, he is the right person to talk to in topics of bringing horsepower of digitalization to the street, best practices in the approach to S4HANA, and success factors that make you and your enterprise a digital champion that's what I did on this newest episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Welcome Steele.
1: Hi Alex, how are you doing? Thank you for having
0: me. Awesome to have you. I'm fine. Thank you very much. Um, Steele, especially in the last 12 months, the awareness has grown that digitalization is actually not a self-driving vehicle. And since you are having close encounters on a daily basis with adopters and digital initiatives, let's start off with what are your personal top three do's or don'ts of lessons that you have learned in that aspect?
1: Well, that's a good question, Alex. And I think, you know, the always the top do is to really make sure you're doing it for the right reason, right? To do it for an arbitrary date or because you think you might have a burning platform is really probably not the best choice to make. Uh, You really want to go for the business benefit that it's going to bring you. I know everybody's heard the discussion, go for the value, go for the value. We should all know that already, but it really makes sense here as well because you can find yourself maybe checking all the boxes from a technical point of view, but at the end, you really didn't get any benefit. And this is uh, a lot of the discussions we have seen in the last year and even maybe two going on in the C-suite where uh, CFOs are looking at plans for digitalization and saying, well, we're going to do all this work, take all this disruption, and we're going to get pretty much exactly what we have right now. Uh, So you better better go rethink this, team. Uh, And so you want to avoid that from the get-go. You know, Gartner reports most ERP projects are negative ROI. I don't know anybody that wants to go to their boss and ask for yet another negative ROI project. So really try and get that worked out beforehand. Uh, That's a key point. Uh, And then you're already set up to have a much better, measurable, successful project. Now I like to run and I'm a big fan of the fitness watch. And I'll tell you my, ability to run has gotten much better that I can measure it very closely with the watch. You know, what my heart rate is, how many Watts I'm burning, all of this stuff. Same type of thing with uh, uh, ERP. If I can measure it, meaning if I know what my goals are going in and I can track that, not just, uh, I want to upgrade, I want to be on the new platform so I could check that box. Then you have a better chance of actually achieving the goal you want and and getting where you want. Uh, so that's really, the big one. Uh, Other than that, it's also the time to look at other kind of pending initiatives, maybe what I like to call deferred maintenance, things that maybe I should have done that I didn't do that I deferred. If I can do some of this simultaneously, then I really can get a bigger benefit. Because what I'll tell you is the more you can do simultaneously, the more value you're going to get. Anybody can do a technical migration, a technical upgrade. Okay. But when I couple that with other transformations, maybe a cloud move, maybe OSDB modernization, maybe a retirement of a legacy platform, maybe adopting some new innovation. Now, when I can do all of that together, the benefit really becomes clear. So really look to combine multiple things at once. Uh, the more of that you can do, the better your your value story is going to be, uh, and also it leads to you know reduced testing, re- reduced disruption, uh, less go lives, less downtimes, which is all uh, uh, goes right to the bottom line of the project. Uh, so those are probably some of the key ones, uh, but also always keep an eye towards business transformation right? Uh, especially in a time of coronavirus, there's a lot of businesses that uh, might have underperforming units right now, maybe a little bit undercapitalized. So it's time to kind of get rid of that and add some of that capital to the pool to to protect what's, what's running good. Or on the contrary, there are businesses that have emerged from this where very well capitalized. Well, why not maybe look at buying some competitors or uh, maybe a horizontal or a vertical type integration, extending deeper into the supply chain or building out uh, 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 wider. It's all possible possible right now. And Corona has kind of given us a chance to, to think about that as well. And uh, a- another dimension to this that we always have to keep our eye on is this ongoing business transformation, the MA type of thing that's the constant undercurrent uh, uh, in this market. So uh, those are the three things I always talk to my customers about, about, you know, keeping your eye on the ball in those three areas.
0: With, with your three points, you really heavily, um, you're blowing the horn that, that I always trying to give my customer with them. Like you really look, do not take it as a IT issue, take it as a business in its initiative. And when you start off with the it, digitalization, it's not about continuing doing the things you did all the time, but being able to do things you were not able to do before. But quite often, you really you, you realize that you have to, to fight, especially at a adopter side, this, of course, I don't want to call it laziness because that would not be fair. Often, of course, it's a certain amount of fear because we we may see the necessity to shower, but we do not want to get wet. And this, of course, applies to partners, SAP, and adopters itself. Um, what what is your let's say um, recommendation to like crack through this kinds of barrier to really um, encompass and and grab and, and and leverage the values that digital transformations can offer?
1: Look, I believe and research from you know Gartner and others prove this that this uncertainty really stems from a lack of information going into the project think about it if if you're buying a car let's say and you're not sure which to buy you you're going in blind you'll be very cautious about that so what do we do right we use the greatest comparison shopping tool ever made in the world which is the internet right we bring up all the vehicles that we're considering, and we look at every point and we compare and we say, is this more important to me than that? And then we give ourselves this information and it calms us down. We're very analytical beings, especially us techie guys, right? Uh, We want information. uh, And and then we feel more comfortable with our decision at least. And this is where we are right now on this journey as well. And uh, we see kind of, if we look back, in the past, is what's happened on this journey. I believe this proves or, or you know, exhibits to us a lot of the mistakes that have been made already. People went into this without the right analysis upfront, without the right information upfront to do that comparison shopping we were talking about, to answer those questions we spoke about in the beginning. Do I do it combined with a cloud move? Do I do it with a merge? Do I do it? Uh, uh, a modernization at the same time? Do I do greenfield? Do I do brownfield? Do I do some selective migration like a bluefield? What is the best way to do this? Without that information, a lot of them have taken the most or what they perceive to be the most low risk, kind of uh, uh, easily defensible uh, uh, choice, which might be a greenfield or maybe a technical upgrade, and because they, they had no information. Uh, And then they found themselves after that saying, wow, where is the benefit of all this digitalization? It's not I'm not getting all the magic that that I've been told about. And it's because I believe they didn't go into it with the right analysis. It kind of ties back to that first point of the value as well with the analysis up front, kind of laying it all out, saying I may have five or eight choice of things that I can do. And seeing the cost, the benefit, the business impact of each of those and building your own shopping cart, so to speak, of putting in the ones you want to do uh, and then choosing to move forward with that. Seeing the price, the timeline, the impact, and then being able to tell that value story with real numbers to your CFO. Here's why we're doing it. Uh, really. uh, uh solves us from some of that problem. And, and that analysis upfront is what's largely missing in a, a lot of cases. And it's why customers make those simplistic, you know, kind of, what's the most easily defensible decision? Like, I don't know what to do, so I have to move. So what's the most defensible thing to do? I'll do a technical upgrade, right? Well, you know what? Once we see customers that have done that, and we ask them, well, What was your driving reason? At least you thought in the first place to go to a platform like HANA in the first place. What's the 99% answer? It's, oh, we want the advanced analytics. They know that, like this we know. Okay, great. But you did a greenfield, for example. You knew you aren't bringing any data. Are you surprised you're not getting any value of the analytics, right? (laughs) Analytics work on statistical models. How do I know you're going to buy pencils next month? It's because you bought pencils for the last month, for the last five years. The models need that history to work. So Mm -hmm. is it any surprise you didn't get the benefit you thought you were going to get? No. But it's because you kind of flew into this blind and you took what you thought might be the most defensible position. So I I think the real gap starts at the beginning. Of course, there's gaps all along, but at the beginning, if you don't have the right information going into the decision you're not going to make the right choice
0: i'm almost breaking my neck at the moment because i'm <laughs> nodding so hard of what you're saying because uh, and and often um quite often i'm approached by customers when when we are having something like a, a first appointment and so on and then go into first talks and i'm greeted by saying like my name is abc we are a conversion customer or we are a brownfield customer like this phases that you um put your focus on and say like this is so important and where i'm absolutely agree because the, the the better this kind of information um in information phases and the better you do this um the more success and the more horsepowers you get onto the street in the end nobody would buy a car that way like we introduce applications like we do digitalization yeah because instead of like analyzing like like you you say i have the feeling like this kind of brownfield greenfield approach discussion is absolutely emotional in a certain way that they are fueled by experiences from the past because they have They had one at one time back then, like 20 years ago, there was something of a new implementation of R3, something like this. And it was huge and took long. And that's what we, of course, would never do. So that's the reason why we will go to uh, onto a conversion instead of doing this kinds of real analysis. Um, Do you also agree with that, that this is sometimes almost a religious discussion between these, let's say, transition methods? Because... um, the, the analysis that you should do in that kind of aspect, in, in that moment, is f- still vastly underrated. No,
1: uh, 100%. And many times uh, we see the same thing, that the decision's already sort of been made, and your job is now to kind of convince them maybe that wasn't the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, though. They'll have that discussion, like you said, oh, we are going to do this as a conversion or mm-hmm. as a greenfield, whatever. Fine. But then the next question, and it's this question always comes up. It's always one of the first questions we are asked when we engage with customers like this is. But but what area of my business is going to change the most? Now, think about that. You've already chose how you're going to get there. Or you think you have but you don't know which area of your business is going to change the most this is how upside down we are in a lot of these discussions and it's it's scary okay. i'll give you an example we were talking to a customer large insurance and you all know uh insurances generate tons of data you know every claim every inquiry this 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 makes a very big system and they were planning on moving I believe the number was five separate regional ERPs in five separate brownfield type technical upgrades, and they had done some of their analysis, and they they realized they said you know we're going to do this we're going to spend a lot of money a lot of time a lot of disruption, and we're really struggling to find the value. Uh, we're we're not able to really put our finger on what our benefit is going to be. And I said well. To me, it makes a lot of sense. Why why do you want to move in the first place, right? Always the first question comes. And what's the answer, the common answer? Oh, we want the empowered analytics, right? Oh, okay, great. Well, you know what? If you move five systems to five systems in a one-to-one type brownfield, you're never gonna get, you're never gonna unlock the power of the analytics because for it to work really across the enterprise, You want to have all that data combined in a single HANA database where now your analytics can run across the entire enterprise. When you keep it separate, your analytics will go into the process already broken. So you're never going to get the number one value point you wanted. You're you're already not going to get it. So are are you surprised really? So really to unlock the value to really unlock the value in a project like this, what we recommended is that what you really need to do is a system merge. Mm. You need to take those five systems, maybe for regulatory reasons, you need seven years of claim data, five years of other data like procurement, whatever, and you can get rid of a, a lot of legacy history, but you, you go forward with that in a single merged system. Now your analytics have enough history to work. You can get the value right out of the box. Uh, You don't have to wait five years for historical data to build up so you could even start really using the platform. And not only that, but you've simplified your, your landscape and you're able to get the benefit you wanted right away. So for customers like this, the real value or the key to unlocking the value in the platform, again, kind of tying it back, right? Is really through the transformation. It's not like you implement this and all of a sudden magically, you know, unicorns and rainbows start flowing out of the box. Doesn't work that way. It's through the transformation, through doing those multiple things simultaneously: the merge, the modernization, the platform upgrade, the cloudification, and whatever else fits your use case, that you're really able to unlock the value. And that's the the really the main message, I think. Uh, and there are hundreds of examples like that 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 we can talk about, and hopefully we can get through some of them today, that really the key to the the telling the value story is through transformation.
0: I could not agree more with what you said, because like already in the beginning, when you start like referring to athletes or to running and so on, I, I guess no world class athlete starts off with saying like, "I'm training." without a goal. Yeah, he's just okay. training. Nothing really will happen. Nothing really will get better. And if, if you put this in context with companies, um, I also see lots of examples where you have, for example, I have a customer who, came back to me now because he started into the digitalization by exactly doing that kind of mistake. He said like, oh, I want to have like least disruption possible. I do not want to disturb my business too much. Let's do this first as something of an IT conversion. And then in the next steps, we will go to the whole um, innovation stuff and so on. We'll make everything better. in theory, this is something that sounds feasible but in practice often like these kinds of when you it's like i say um, next year i stop smoking and so on in most cases you do not do and that's how companies behave similar they did this kind of technical conversion the business of course they were involved because you need them for all the testing and all the stuff like this yeah because also in a conversion you do the testing but the business after this then was completely lost they said like oh um, everything looks the same like before. The processes are the same and so on. This is what digitalization is all about. Uh, come leave me alone. So the, the problem, is, problem is like at that moment where you want to have the fee- people full on motivated yeah, to start off with all the innovational and business value digging. Yeah, They were completely demotivated by seeing like, okay, per, uh, probably we're supposed to run already now on the hyper-digitalized platform, but everything's the same. Bummer. Didn't turn out that well for them, yeah? No, uh,
1: and you see it a lot, right? It's many times the IT people say, oh, you know, my boss would love the cool dashboards, right? Mm-hmm. With the graphs and dials. like he loves this digital boardroom type stuff. Yeah. They all love it, right? I mean, everybody wants that, but that's not the end of the journey, right? I know, for example, my management when he looks at that stuff, instantly he picks out everything that's wrong. Like this is not in there. Why is this saying that? I know that's not true and so on. So now you you think you achieved your end result of putting up the fancy dashboard, but now when the data is not correct or something's missing or it's not right, all faith is lost. And now you have almost a bigger, more difficult journey to to take of how do I correct this and salvage any credibility in this, so that the next discussion I have, it it can be meaningful, like how can we salvage this thing? And that's, it's not a good point to be, It's not a good point to be in. Um, And and I I really believe that a lot of that can be solved by addressing that why, and the value question ahead of time. Like all of the points you're making, I think go back to that first point. If I knew ahead of time, my goal was not just to show a pretty dashboard, but it was to be able to reduce procurement spend by five percent—something measurably, right—that I can measure. That I maybe the dashboard is an enabling technology for that. Maybe, right? Uh, you could probably do it with, you know, text-based reports also. But if that's the real goal, because there's real money there to reduce procurement spend by five percent, uh, then. You have something to point to as success at the end, not well, I gave you pretty dashboards what don't work, right
0: yeah sure <laughs> what what's really sharing um is that uh, since this is discussion is quite often a black and white discussion, like we said like a religious discussion there's this the brownfield people and the greenfield people, and probably everybody has his arguments um. You, were one, you and S&P were one of the front runners saying like, it does not have to be that way. We can do something of a best of both worlds approach, which means like bringing in, not, not completely losing everything what we have invested in the past, but also we, can, we are able to leverage innovation right already at the start and um, combine more or less the strengths of a greenfield approach with the strengths of a brownfield or a conversion approach.
1: Yeah, agreed. And that is what we're shooting for, right? The, if I can sum it up in one word, it's all about options. And, you know, okay, options about what? Options to pick and choose where you want to innovate and where you don't or can't. Great example, right? Many customers say, you know, finance, we want to adopt something very standard there right? We really don't care how much those people's job changes, right? They're accountants, and that's what they should do all day, is uh, 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 worry about that. So it's okay, right? And, mm-hmm. and they'll be standard. So uh, hopefully, we'll be a little bit more simple there. But you know, down in, in, in the business lines, we have a very customized usage billing process that nobody else has. And uh, it basically runs the business for us. So there's no possible way we could change that. So now you have somebody that wants to standardize and innovate in finance for example and but you know down the line in usage billing something way in in you know deep in the weeds in logistics there's no possible way they're willing to change that. People may not even know the details of what it does from a business point of view, right? It's so embedded, the logic is so embedded in the system. So they need this ability to pick and choose, innovate selectively, maybe decide On what data to bring? Maybe five years, maybe seven years. uh, uh, Maybe get rid of already divested businesses. We see so many organizations that have done divestitures over the years, but never removed it from the system. Why would you want to bring that forward? Right? That's all just clogging up, polluting your analytics, which is the whole reason you want to go there in the first place. Right? Back to that. Right? Polluting your analytics, causing you, costing you extra money on your. HANA size, your hardware, your memory, your footprint on that. Uh, it's it's all unnecessary. You could eliminate all of that, standardize where you can, maybe merge if you need to, uh, and, and then innovate in finance, but adopt your your legacy stuff in in your usage billing. This is the magic of the of the Bluefield approach. Uh, you know, a very common use case we see, probably let's say 70% of the S4 projects that come across my desk need several things. And customers are seeing this as a long-term roadmap, phase one, phase two, phase three, of which maybe a technical upgrade or a greenfield is one phase of it. But if you really have that larger discussion, you'll see, well, we need new GL. We're still on classic general ledger, we're gonna have to upgrade. Okay, we need business partner, customer vendor integration, business partner harmonization, okay? Maybe we need to do some data reduction by date range. We need OSDB migration, Unicode, uh, and maybe adopt some innovations like you know, something in the warehouse side or, or whatever. So you we see that as five separate projects, six separate projects. and then, oh and then maybe we want the endpoint in the cloud. So now we're up to six or seven projects with six or seven goal lives. When you can take a step back and look at that whole, multi-phase timeline that they're trying to go through and when like you said they're already decided on green or brown but when you look at the thing holistically you say well we can do all of that with a single go live with actually less risk because we're going to give you access to the system early and often to verify do your testing do your simulation so that you're sure what you're going to get beforehand uh the savings is you know tremendous in terms of dollars and cents but also in terms of of disruption right we had a customer was had a lot of historical data they were planning a two year archiving project before they could even get to a footprint small enough to be able to do a brownfield migration mm-hmm. we told them hey you don't have to do any of that we'll do selective bluefield transformation and pick and choose what you need Get rid of the divested stuff, get rid of the th- dates you don't need, etc., and bring forward only what you need into the target. You save two-year archiving project. Oh, time savings, very, very important, right? Everybody wants to save time and money. But the real benefit, that's peanuts compared to the real benefit. The real benefit is you get to take advantage of the benefits of Vesfahana right away, not defer it two years, number one. Number two, you eliminate the need for your people, your most precious and most expensive resource, people, uh, to be on a time-wasting archiving project, right? Demotivating archiving project that basically they already know we're only doing this now so we could migrate and throw it away anyway. A little bit, little bit demotivating. Wouldn't you rather unleash them at, on digitalization and tell us, okay, guys, here's this great new platform. Let's learn how to deliver business value and get that 5% year over year savings in procurement. Well, this is where they wanna be, I'm sure. And this is where the business wants to be. Uh, so I, I think the benefit for this uh, uh, selective approach is really uh, you know, hitting many, many organizations. And uh, the more you can do in a project like that, the better the value
0: i'm I'm sometimes um, I'm accused of being a brownfield antagonist, uh, which is maybe half true <laughs> because um, I see the risks of it. Of course, a greenfield is not in all of the cases justifiable. if If you look at the moment at, in our at our global numbers of our customers, like who transitions in which way? of course the the selective way, the best of both world's ways is maybe still a young. Method, of course, it's not really in this child stages anymore. Um, it's it's it is grown up because, but it's it's like not yet the dominating way to go. It's fastly growing, and I hope it will be at one day being the prime way to go. Because I have, I'm absolutely convinced of it. I have high hopes. Um, do you think from from what you have learned until now that? While, of course, brown and green is not something for everybody, that blue could be the color that everybody from does not matter from which kind of starting point they are coming, could be the best way to choose to go on S4 HANA. Or do you say it may, there may be still some situations where I would propose him probably something different?
1: Look, there is always cases you know, extrema, where one or the other may be better. But, you know, remember, it's not either or also. We see Bluefield as a continuum, right? It can be very shaded green where you're only bringing over certain pieces of data, but a clean break in a lot of areas. Or it could be very brown hued where you're, basically bringing everything, maybe just cutting it off at a time slice and some other type of modernization. So there is a, a huge continuum. We actually see it as a superset of green and brown being contained kind of as the endpoints of a, a wider spectrum of, of blue. And I hate to throw all these colors in there, but you know, ultimately I see greenfield really as a marketing term if you think about it, right? Yeah. Nobody will ever say the word re-implementation, right? This is a bad word. Nobody wants to re-implement. They still have the nightmares of re-implementations that they've done in the past. So you're going to come up with a, a better word. Greenfield. Who could be against that? It's yeah, It sounds
0: so nice and positive. Yeah, it's so <laughs> nice.
1: It's, everybody loves a greenfield, right? Yeah. So, it, you know, it's a little easier to convince your manager. No, no, it's not a re-implementation- it's a green field. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, and, and, but it is a re implementation. Don't kid mm-hmm. yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, and you've deferred the value you're going to get out of the platform for many years. Now, take Brownfield. You know, I know how do I explain it to people? What really is it? I made a mistake that we all made at one point, right? When we were all running Windows XP somebody made the big mistake of letting us get our hands on the Windows 7 disk. And what did we do? We installed it right on top of XP. Yeah. And we got the same non-working programs, mm-hmm. the same corrupted registry, the same viruses we had on XP. Maybe we got like a new user interface and a new version of WordPad or something, but everything else was pretty much the same.
0: I did not even do that. I I'd chosen the old GUI because you could choose.
1: There you go. <laughs> There you go, a, a, but that's a brownfield upgrade, yeah. right? You're still gonna have to. You really only deferred the mm-hmm. time that you needed to do your, your, you know, erase your machine and do a whole new clean install, and then you had all the greenfield problem,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, oh, what apps do I have? Do I even have the discs? Do I have the license keys? Can I reinstall this? Does it even work, mm-hmm. right? So, what did you really accomplish? Not, not a lot. Uh, so, these are risky really risky ways of, of proceeding. You know, many it's part of the S&P process, we scan customer systems and we see literally, you know, 75% and more of unused customizations. Now, we spoke about ERP projects being negative ROI, but why are they really mostly negative ROI? Well, think about it. If I have which could be several thousand unused customizations that each cost me several man days at, 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 you know, whatever the going rate is in your region to implement. Well, it's pretty easy to find where your ROI went. And are you telling me you want to bring all that junk, what you don't use anyway, going forward? I I don't think so. But the ability to pick and choose in there, because some of it you certainly do need that 25% that you need is obviously critical. So that needs to come forward. So th- there is naturally this need for this this blended approach.
0: And we we could even go a step further when we completely um, be honest. There is no true brownfield as as the same as there is no true greenfield because even in the brownfield you have that you have the simplification list the old tastes that have been cut, cut off. You have to do some things. You cannot go one on one. So at least. Even the brownest brown field has some green sparkles on it, and the same is happening with the green field. I have never seen a customer, even if when they said like we want to really start at the green or at the white sheet of paper and do a green field. Of course, everybody said like okay, this especially in the commodity processes, um, we take the let let's get for the old specs and let's 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 repeat that at least here in the field to have at least like 10% of the stuff already done so um, why not be honest and and, and say like um, since there is nothing like a true green and brown field uh, let's be honest and say like we we will land somewhere in between anyway so why not why not focus on the advantages of this kind of an approach
1: it, it's the right way and yeah. you know I have a similar discussion sometimes, and I'll tell them, Oh, we want Greenfield. Oh, okay, great. Are you really going to define redefine your payment terms? Yes. Yeah, like is this exactly. open for discussion? Oh no, of course we know we have 30 days, 60 days. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, so you're going to re-enter all your customers, though, right? Well, no, we we certainly want to bring those in. Yeah. Uh, what about like, you know, procurement data, right? Like, you know, uh, oh well, whoa, is it possible? Like, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, like they're not and Maybe they have to call it Greenfield, right? Because they already maybe sold that internally. Sold
0: the term, yeah. Mm.
1: And, but we'll call it whatever you want, right? Uh, <laughs> but you're right. It, you, you, unless maybe you're coming from another ERP or it's your first venture into enterprise uh, uh, level ERP, enterprise class ERP from like a QuickBooks or something, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe then the pure greenest of green is is the right way to go. But uh, other than that, especially, you know, uh, uh, businesses that have been operating a long time, uh, things may be in regulated industries, mm-hmm. aerospace, med pharma, chemicals, th- there's too much in there that you have to have going forward. You, you, you just simply can't get rid of it. And then even when you pick Brown, for example, as I kind of said earlier, the the key we believe to unlocking the value is through transformation. The more transformation you do, the more your value is gonna go up. Once you say we're going brown, we're gonna do this technical upgrade, all that transformation is off the table. You can't merge systems, you're not gonna do your data reduction. So already you know one of the key drivers for getting the benefit is already off the table. Why would you go this way? Why would you go this way? And I believe it's because you really didn't have the information up front to do the right comparison shopping and say, well, if I do this, this is what my long-term cost is going to be. And if I do something else, wow, look at the benefit that I get. And that's really what's missing.
0: Let, let's bring an additional aspect into this, which what came, comes to my mind because when we are talking about moving to the cloud, in the past, of course, a cloud move, for example, into a public cloud environment, has always been a greenfield. Yeah, because you basically could not bring your stuff with you. You were in a public cloud environment, and that's where this was not possible. The trend now, especially now in 2021, when SAP um, heavily invests into that kind of aspect, a private cloud is coming up even stronger, even more, and so on. One of the benefits also is that you can also migrate into, now starting from 2021, into a private cloud environment. You can bring your stuff with you. Is this also something where Bluefield comes in mind, that you say, like, um, we also can put something, if you want to go into the cloud, do nothing just like a blatant lift and shift because you will end up with your old stuff, but now in, in the cloud, but also use these kinds of optimization by using a Bluefield approach uh, approach while doing a private cloud shift.
1: Of course. And, and Bluefield is like one of the key enabling technologies to get additional value out of the cloud. Just give you a couple of quick examples. Certainly, first of all, the momentum is there, right? Because there are cloud ERP customers, again, single tenant type private cloud uh, that are realizing plus 9% increase in profitability just from cloud, just due to cloud. So the business case is there, okay? You add on to that, that, you know, this trend for what we call like next gen ERP, the ability to take advantage of best of breed bolt-ons from a variety of vendors to really get the most out of your platform is a need that they want also. Cloud enables that, right? It's much easier to click on and buy a Concur add-on or an Ariba add-on or something like that, SuccessFactors add-on in the cloud and, you know, download it, stage it, install it and connect it up. You have an admin panel, you add a few things and all of a sudden it's up and running Then, in the on-prem world. So cloud also enables customers to take advantage of these additional new technologies, let's call it, right, to to achieve this uh, best of breed ERP. So Bluefield is an enabling technology to get them in there. Because, again, they still might want to take care of merge, right? You want to get into cloud, you certainly want to get there in the most cost-effective way. You still want your analytics to work. Maybe, you know, if I do a one-to-one move of five systems to five virtual machines in the cloud, maybe it's going to cost me X. But if I play a little bit smarter and say, well, what if I was to get some bare metal in the cloud and I handle the virtualization part? And install my five machines in one physical machine that I buy and I manage the virtualization, I can save even more. So, getting into the cloud in a smart way that can even save more at the end is where you really want to look because maybe like a non thinking one for one lift and shift is not the way uh, 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 to get the best pricing out of the cloud. The more you can, Get higher density on in your infrastructure is where the savings comes. So it, it's important to look at that, and, and Bluefield certainly helps with that.
0: Uh, where where, where I also have high hopes, to be honest, um, from from my experience, when I always try to, to separate the application discussion from the deployment discussion, because um, I say like, first, you really have to be convinced what you get out of value, then the deployment discussion comes into place. Because when you mix this up, and the danger, of course, or the risk is quite high when doing something of a also like a private cloud approach, that you talk all the time just about the deployment and not about the application itself. When you, of course, have something like the, the selective or the, the Bluefield method on hand, yeah, you can guide discussion in the from the beginning on much more easier onto the value aspect, away from that, let's say, um, singular deployment aspect. And uh, in the end, can much more shorten these kinds of approach processes. Then you would do, if you like, um, discuss most of the times about the deployment, Um, but then in the end, start of, uh, right, but um, where's my business case? Yeah.
1: Oh, we talk about deployment many times. Like you said, it takes front and center in the discussion because it's easy, Yeah. right? This is an easy discussion to have. And we feel like we're doing something, right? Oh, we had a lot of meetings and we have this all planned out perfectly, but the hard discussion we, we're going to budge that one and hope for the yeah. best, right? This is this is the wrong way. It's the wrong way. And again, I believe the real thing that's driving that is the lack of the analysis up front. And this is what S and is trying to deliver, uh, especially through our partners. We have some great partnerships with the hyperscalers that are trying to bring this analysis not just on the infrastructure side, but really through the business value uh, identifying where you can innovate, where you can't, what would be the impact of a merge and so on. So you can really understand this upfront, simulate the outcome all through software, and then tie that through to what, what then would the infrastructure look like at the end, kind of at the end of the discussion, not the beginning. Uh, because if you don't know What you're trying to achieve when you get there, you'll never know. Is Emerge better? Do I need history? Where am I going to innovate? Which is going to drive that infrastructure discussion in the first place. Uh, But there's luckily the cloud combined in with that provides plenty of opportunities for optimization, right? It's on the business side, it's on the technical side. There's a lot. Uh, of benefit to gain there. You just got to spend the time and go look for it. And hopefully, you know, good analysis will will show it to you.
0: Talking about the sexiness of this approach, um, do you have or do you experience at the moment that there are certain regions or industries which are, let's say, faster in adoption of this kind of approach where, say, like we are, like, let's say, especially... Um, successful maybe in industry A, B, but not yet C because C has not really found their way into this kind of um, moving into a more digitalized existence? Or do you say like this, the appeal of the blue field is like, let's say, completely equal for all industries?
1: Uh, First of all, there may be industries that are taking advantage of digitalization, but Mm. maybe it's not through ERP. Right. they may have other ways of getting at that so they may be great adopters of digitalization but maybe it's somewhere else and I'll give you an example we certainly see great adoption probably the highest rate in like the discrete manufacturing type industries right and then following behind that is more like process manufacturing type so they're kind of your your leaders with I I see discrete being a little bit ahead of the curve Uh and then, but you know, on the on the slow side, uh, and and I hope they don't take this personally. You know, it's things like financial services type industries which are a little bit slower. Now, it doesn't mean that they're not adopters of digitalization. They certainly are great adopters of that because they have a lot of data, maybe from their mm. banking websites or their transactional websites, which may not be directly emanating out of ERP, maybe maybe feeds erp later so they're getting some of that digital benefit somewhere else they're not totally looking for erp to drive that as much as maybe a discrete manufacturer
0: would be yeah well it could can go especially on like supply chain benefits and all that stuff and logistics exactly Exactly,
1: yes right right Uh, mrp like right that's where they're trying to look to to get it in the first place and then build out from there uh uh so yeah uh they're all looking to access it with digitalization, but they might be getting it, you know, in different aspects of their enterprise, different aspects of their software portfolio may be delivering more or less digital benefits uh, than, than they might get exclusively out of ERP. And that that's okay, right? Uh, because maybe through in-memory computing, uh, through bringing more of that into ERP, it can unlock more of that for them. And, and you know, that's good as well. But certainly those trends tend to favor uh, manufacturing first, maybe telecom type second, uh, uh, service-based, but still a heavy technical edge, long contracts, this kind of thing, both on the customer and supplier side, right, uh, 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 that they have. but And rounding that out kind of is, is the more purely service-based uh, uh, type industries very transactional in nature tend to be a little bit slower. Uh, so I think that's the th- that's the trends that we see
0: at least. Okay. Um, you mentioned a word. I also want to put a bit emphasis on partnerships. Um, what kind of partnerships do you take at the moment concerning this kind of approach? Is it just like with hyperscalers and so on, or do you say like there may be, of course, other partners um, who m- maybe want. To be interested in that kind of approach. Maybe there are smaller ones, cannot find their own and have not the, the, let's say, the the um power that SP has to develop something of an own selective transitional approach. Do you also partner with other partners, or is it something where I say, like, we want to get something of a monopoly out there?
1: No, no, no. Partners are a key cornerstone of our growth strategy. We have many, many active partnerships, over 50. Uh And they cover the gambit really from, you know, the name brand SIs. We all know them. We have partnerships with pretty much all of them. Mm. Uh, Some of them are very uh, active users of our technology, right? Because it brings benefit for them also. Uh, And they also have many of the business process reengineering expertise that uh, uh, we don't really have then. So it's like a match made in heaven with them. For example, you know, let's say they're working in aerospace. Now, if I got invited to an aerospace customer, I would tell them, wow, look at all this unnecessary testing you're doing. We could probably simplify your process a lot by getting rid of all this airplane testing you're doing. Now, this may not be a plane you want to fly in anymore, but, you know, it's really not my area of expertise, right? Uh, but they have those business expertise that that can, uh, uh, can make that decision, and they can use S&P software to then do... Uh, uh, the transformation. Uh, so we certainly have those, as you mentioned, the hyperscalers as well, and also what I'll call, you know, vertically focused partners that may specialize in certain industries, be it med pharma or financial services or real estate, etc. So we really have a very active partnership program. We got a great partnership team that is constantly uh, building these relationships. We even integrate partner components into our software portfolio so they can bring you know maybe some of their business expertise or some of their solution through the S&P software platform to the end customers as an integrated solution so partners are really uh, uh the cornerstone of how we plan to grow and how we are growing
0: let's imagine we meet again for another episode in let's say two years <laughs> Just let's do a look into the glass ball. What do you think would be the topics we would talk about then?
1: Well, I think it would be longer than two years. But at some point, we're gonna start using this term of post cloud. I don't think we're ready for it yet, but this mm-hmm. is coming. I don't think it will be two years yet, but there we will enter the post cloud world. Uh, and we are at S and P already. Planning that. You know, we we spent a lot of time today talking about getting there, getting to the new platform, be it cloud or on-prem, right? I mean, that's an extra dimension to it, but we talked a lot about getting there. But it's also now what happens after, right? Now that you're in the cloud, how are you going to do your ongoing business transformation, your MA, which is probably some of the most strategic. Things you do, right? Uh, uh, It's how you buy your growth, it's how you grow inorganically, it's how you get rid of underperforming businesses, and so on. How are you going to do that in the new ERP landscape, be it cloud or on-prem? This is a very interesting question. We have customers that we're working with where we're designing for them ERP architectures that are specifically suited for Rapid MA. They already know they have a direction from their board to buy 10 companies a year and sell 10 companies a year for the next five years. So they already know they have a lot of this coming. Is there an architecture that allows them to do this quicker? And it turns out there is. So how can we pre-position you for that? So now this ongoing business transformation, which really never stops when you really look at it especially in a large enterprise. They're always buying somebody, selling somebody, restructuring here, converting over there. It Enterprise-wide, it never stops. Um, how do we enable that? Because we believe and we're convinced that it is going to be different in the future, especially when you add cloud into that. The way you will do your business transformation will be different. And we want to enable that. Uh, What about your ongoing operations, your security, your maintenance, your uh, optimization? How about verifying that you're delivering, back to the running thing with the watch, how about verifying that you're delivering on those commitments you made, those value statements you made of what we were gonna get when we were there? What I like to call get it right and keep it right. How can you monitor what you're doing not performance monitoring, right? Anybody can do that. We're consuming this much disk and we're running out of space here. That's a solved problem already. We're not We're not talking about that. But monitoring the business outcome that you said or thought you were gonna get and then adjusting periodically to make sure you're on target for that. This is this ongoing part of it, which we really didn't touch on today, which is what the, this discuss, discussion I think will be having uh, in the next years.
0: Perfect. Still, <laughs> looking at the time, um, after this conversation, I'm sure a lot of people want to follow you and your, let's say, activities in the upcoming months. Where can they connect you with you?
1: Well, of course, they can find SNP and myself very active on LinkedIn. We also have a lot of events. Uh, usually we do a lot of in-person events. Uh, we always have a huge presence at Sapphire, bigger and bigger every year. We're always the corner booth into the lunchroom. Uh, so it's very easy to find us at Sapphire if we ever get there <laughs> in person again. Uh, but certainly online, s and uh, Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all those social platforms. But also feel free to reach out directly. Uh you know, my job as t- chief technology officer is not to spend the days internally worried about the bits and bytes of everything. It's really an external facing job. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get out on the plane as much as we'd like to anymore. And I really can't wait for that to start up again. But that's where we want to be. We want to be out there talking to customers, working through these problems, uh, uh, giving insights, getting insights back and forth from the customers, from the market, uh. uh And our key partner right talk about partners who is SNP's most strategic most important partner without question. It's SAP Uh, and we are joined at the hip at at, at many of these. So uh, you know that's the key way to engage us through ASUG, through the SAP user groups in every region be it Europe uh, uh, America so on uh, as well as all the social platforms or just drop us a line. Right. Uh, very easy to find.
0: Deal. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was a great conversation. Have a great time and stay healthy.
1: Thank you, Alex. And you too.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.